There is a transcript for this mesh musings. It's linked in the show notes and uh, I did it myself and I really want to thank Starburst for how obnoxious this is to do uh, on the regular. So they're doing some great work doing it for the other episodes. Thanks. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put uh, you know my few summary takeaways in the show notes too to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed, you know, that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction and roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the Mesh Musing. Okay, so on this mesh musing, if I sound it's a little frustrated, it's because this was 90% done and then that file just didn't save and I lost it all. And then I woke up to find out a friend had passed. So yeah, this is probably a little less more formal than what I wanted to get out, but I still wanted to get it out ASAP so people can start the discussion. And many of the episodes referenced won't be out for a while. This isn't some trick to get people to sign up for the Patreon, but they are often the most recent episodes, so they're in my mind. And the the Patreon is up and running. There are about 10 episodes up there. Um, And anytime I reference an episode above number 39, it is completed, but not released, and it is available there. So what am I talking about here? Buy-in in general. This is all based off of what I'm hearing from my interviews not personal strategies, as honestly, I don't people that well. Also, Joe Caserta said in a presentation from May in 2021 that many orgs will need to hire consultants to manage the political aspects of implementing a data mesh, and I do agree with that. I think these are good tactics for working with folks, and it may be that you can do it all on your own, but I also want to say that there's probably a need in a lot of places to have that consultant backup to kind of handle the uh, disagreements and things like that. I have no skin in that game, but it it seems to me to be true. So driving buy-in and data mesh. This has been a question I've received repeatedly. So let's break it down first by persona so we can figure out buy-in strategies for each type of person. Executive buy-in or exec buy-in is what I'll refer to it going forward. Data engineering slash IT buy-in. Some people think of IT as being the um, domain teams, but I'm I'm using it kind of the way Khan Chow did in his episode of kind of the general 
people that have been stuck in between the, the data producers and the data consumers historically, and developer slash domain buy-in. Before we start, there are two episodes I think are specifically useful to listen to for thinking about buy-in at the high level across personas. Angelo Martelli of Vanderlande, which is episode 27, and Scott Hawkins of ITV, which is the episode's up on the Patreon now. It's scheduled for late March or early April, depending on a couple of things. So it's going to be around episode 50 if you're listening to this later. Angelo has a framework specifically for driving buy-in that I think is very useful and can be leveraged in a lot of places. And I think Scott crystallized a ton of things for me. Both also mentioned pretty extensively, not trying to do a one-size-fits-all approach and that you really have to do your homework on knowing, understanding how your organization works to be able to gain and keep momentum. Then figuring out how each team works is slightly easier, but still important. Again, that one-size-fits-all approach, uh, you can't copy-paste from one organization to another, and you can't really do that necessarily from one team to another. You've got to kind of figure out what that person, what, what works for that person or what works for that team and what, what doesn't. So let's start with exact buy-in. If you do not get exact buy-in, your initiative is probably stuck. You need funding to move forward. You can't really skunk works a data mesh implementation, in my opinion. It just won't get you where you need to go. You also need exec buy-in to be able to fall back on when maneuvering for other buy-in, for being able to offer carrots or you know, create sticks. You'll see why later. I'm going to refer to Angelo Martelli's episode again. First, start by proving you have a problem. What issues are you having around data? Is it lack of agility? How long specifically does it take to get data you need? Is it constant data quality problems? Okay. How often are those occurring? And, and what are the impacts from a, a data quality issue? Is it the slowness of an enterprise data warehouse when you think about being able to be agile? How long does it take to make a change? How many people are involved in making that change? Go and not just say we have this pain, but here is what that pain actually looks like and and kind of draw the pain out, draw the boundaries around it so people can really say, Oh, you're not just saying, I don't like the data warehouse. It's okay. This data warehouse is causing us to be slow in this way. And it means that we can't react in the way we need to, to scale our business. So going to execs, especially ones not inside the IT, you know, data realm and trying to pitch, you know, quote unquote data mesh is probably not going to work. You might as well just call it unicorn farts. I actually kind of recommend changing data mesh in all of your documentation that's going to be displayed to teams outside of those those core to pushing the data mesh initiative to unicorn farts, literally replacing the words data mesh with that so you don't try to introduce it as data mesh. Data mesh isn't the point, and it's so easy to get bogged down in what is data mesh and people going and trying to read up on it and getting confused and things like that. You want to talk to them about what you're trying to accomplish. You're trying to to make this so you can be 
agile and, and scalable relative to data so you can be more data informed in your decision makings, whether that's your day to day or your key decisions, that, that you have that data quality and that the trustability of data that it's already there when you need to use it. So Marius Inger in his episode, which is slated for early April, somewhere around 50 as well, mentioned, what does data mesh actually change? You need to come to execs with that. If there is an approvable pain, all you have is a potentially fun sounding project for some people in IT and data. I think Sheetal Pratik talked about in in episode 24, what she had talked about is really helpful for putting in front of execs to get the initial go-ahead. Lay out your proof of concept scope, what you are trying to achieve, your resources that you need to be able to achieve that, etc. You aren't trying to boil the ocean. You are trying to get a solid, easy win on relatively low investment for both money spent and time resources spent. Right. You may be trying something different. And if that's the case, we'll, we'll talk about POCs and, and how you want to really manage that proof of concept in a future mesh musing. But I think that's one area where you can get yourself into a lot of trouble of trying to talk about. And this is where we're going to go with it versus, hey, we're trying to prove out that this thing works. There is obviously some white space here where you need to fill in the blanks. That should at least get you to a place where the executives can see the pain of your current data woes. You've proven out that there's a a problem. You may have to also prove out what, if you solve that problem, what you think will be the outcome. And you don't want to tie yourself too much to, and we're going to have an 80% increase in revenue or anything like that. But just tying that out and really talking to what is the pain and and maybe what is your initial use case pain, right? You're going after a specific use case with your, your POC. You want to find that and get them bought in. Now, going forward, again, when once you've done your proof of concept, you can lay back on here were the problems that we're proving out and here's what we're doing to solve those or to tackle those. Uh, now let's go to probably the easiest folks to convince in most organizations, data engineering and or the IT folks. In some places, like Khan Chow talked about at, at Northern Trust, which the episode's going to be about f- episode 45, and it's scheduled for March 21st, unless we have a takeover week then. They are one and the same at Northern Trust. Data engineering and IT are basically the same teams. Khan talked about for some teams, it was very easy to drive buy-in because they experienced a few too many of the middle-of-the-night incidents with data downtime. Playing to that point is pretty crucial. If the teams don't have that historical trauma, that historical experience, there are some useful ways to get data engineers bought in around showing them how gaining domain knowledge is good for their careers. And the folks building the the platforms, which often the the data engineering folks are part of building that platforms, they really like putting together some complicated technology. So that can be fun too. I think getting data engineering buy-in is very, very situationally dependent. But a lot of this is, hey, we see how difficult it is for you to manage the 
pipelines and everything when you don't have the context really about what's going on with those those pipelines and then the upstream breaks uh, because the application schema changed and it just broke out from underneath you. And then you have to work to pick up the pieces. And I think that's something that people are, are going to be pretty uh, in tune with at a lot of organizations. Okay, the one that everybody's kind of been waiting for, you know, how the heck do I make these grumpy, you know, awful to work with developers give me what I want, Dagnamit? You know, I'll start by saying flip that attitude around. There seems to be a lot of folks trying to really just press the data out of the domain teams, and that isn't going to work well. Let's split this into two pieces for getting these domain teams, these application development teams to be bought in. First is getting them excited and interested, and the second is aligning incentives. We keep talking about aligning incentives, but um, Scott Hawkins really laid out a, a good framework for doing that. So getting them excited and interested. And start by giving them a chance to actually participate in what's going on here. So in episode 37 with uh, Odin and Gjoren at NAV, they... they talked about literally giving the teams cake to entice, entice them to put a data product on the mesh. And, you know, I think that's a fun way of thinking about it, of saying, hey, we're not making this the end all be all up front. We're trying to work with you. We understand that you can, you can choose what you want to do. You know, in general, you can choose your own priorities. So we want to make this something that's positive for you. And of course, pairing with them to see how they would actually tackle challenges and then, you know, seeing what frictions they have and reducing those frictions through a platform they will actually want to use. That's pretty important, too. So and again, they, they had mentioned that teams really can choose how they prioritize. So you can't just try to use a stick and say, give me what I want. Carrots are really helpful here. Jessitron, a.k.a. Jessica Kerr from Honeycomb IO, it's episode 41, which is going to be releasing uh, early next week, talked about giving developers agency. Autonomy is just freedom with no real resources. Agency is the, the ability to choose how to meet the challenges, but with a lot more backup with that help. Jessitron talked about, you know, and others have mentioned this too, telling developers why this matters. How is the data used? Be specific. You know, you can talk to them about how their changes have caused downstream breakages, but in a blameless way. Create a space where you can share those, those stories of, of those changes and that it's not you broke this. It's, hey, the way we've been doing things is broken. So we want to fix it and, and we want to give you the space to do that. And it's, it's just in general, I think Jessitron's episode is, is really great about developer mindset. And if you want to, some human factors and blameless learning around data mesh and how to really think about a lot of this stuff, Tim Tischler's uh, episode is coming up in, in a couple of weeks. That will be somewhere around uh, 45 or so. And I think that'll be super helpful. Talk to the teams about how you're going to give them the space, the time, the resources to actually do this. Again, uh, Marius Inger's episode, which is going to be around number 50, early April release, uh, talked about 
learning data is a legit increase in cognitive load. You must let them know that you understand that and that you're going to work with them on that. You're not just piling on additional work. Even if you give them the resources to tackle it, that cognitive load matters. It's, it's big. So let's sum up that stuff again. So tell the domains why this matters, how their data is going to be used or is being used and how we can improve the organization through this. Let them know you have their back. You won't start with asking them to deliver the moon and the sky to the palm of your hand that they can start and build muscle and figure out how to really share this data. Depending on how far down the path you are, talk to them about what defaults and simple decisions you've al allowed them to make, right? That you've made it so that they can go off the path if they want, but you've created that happy path for them. That easy path, it means low friction so they can get moving, especially if they don't have necessarily the most complex domain. Let them understand or let them know that you understand this is increased work and cognitive load. And, and again, you have their back. Prove to them via the additional resources, whatever that means. There are many examples about what that additional resourcing can mean. That can be, you know, Scott Hawkins talking about dropping in a team in a box that could be talking about the platform side that could be talking about what uh, Flexport is doing where they're hiring analytics engineers and embedding them into the domains, all sorts of things about what resources means, but it's not just an ask. You have to give them something and that you will help them get to where they and you as an organization need to go. It's not just another uh, requirement. Now on to the aligning incentives bit. So aligning incentives have been mentioned so, so many times in so many episodes, but, you know, I'll go back to remember that whole thing about getting that exact buy-in. Scott Hawkins episode again, maybe 50, hoping for that late March, early April, has some really great insights into how to do this. It kind of feels a bit obvious once it is said, but I've not heard anyone say anything nearly this clearly. So I don't think it really is obvious. It just feels like, oh yeah, <laughs> that is what we should be doing. To realign the incentives, you need to change the metrics teams are measured on. To do that, you need to work with those setting team KPIs or OKRs or whatever metrics those teams are measured on. If you don't make you know, sharing data well an actual defined on paper, so to speak, metric that people are measured against, teams will often not be aligned with sharing their data appropriately at data mesh quality. You, you can get the developers or even the development managers bought in all you want, but if the KPIs aren't aligned, you're going to have a bad time with most of these teams. It's additional work. So that has to be recognized and it has to be uh, actually dealt with at the incentives level. I'd also point to something Scott Hawkins mentioned, which is it's okay to walk away from a team that is just too difficult to deal with on the domain side. There are teams that are going to suck in general that you just don't want to spend the time with. So 
if it is burning all your mental energy, it's okay. I give you permission. Move on to the teams that are better to deal with. And we can call that team a laggard. If, if you align the incentives at some point, it's a, it's a foregone cl- conclusion, basically, that they will have to participate. So hopefully this gets you some more quivers or some more arrows in your quiver uh, relative to driving some buy-in and that uh, this really kickstarts some more sharing around what's working for folks and what they've tried and, and what's not. And so um, I don't have silver silver bullets here. A lot of this is do some homework, do a lot of meeting with folks, just trying to, to do this without having conversations with people. You're, you're not going to drive buy-in from, you know, mandates. You need to have these conversations. Max Schultz had talked about this a lot in his, his episode, which I think is around episode 21 or something like that. I don't have it written down, but it's, it, there's a lot to be gained from having these conversations and, and having empathy and making sure that you understand that that other person is trying to do their best and, and is, is hopefully in general doing the best that they that they can within their structure for the organization and that it's not us against them, that it's, it's forming up so that you can all tackle these challenges together. So again, hopefully that's useful and sorry that so many of the episodes uh, referenced are, are not out yet, but um, they'll be coming out in the next month or so. so. Thanks again. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music. Thank you.